strategy, communication, and logic are not quick fixes, however. We're in PR for the long haul. And if you find yourself in the position of having to correct some really wild assumptions, the best way to do that is to use the PESO model itself and tie it to specific short-term goals that lead eventually to long-term outcomes. If you're a communications pro who works hard, doesn't compromise quality, and gets the job done, welcome home. We'll share our tips, tricks, and stories, and together we will change the face of PR. Spin sucks, but we don't. With the Spin Sucks podcast, here's Jenny Dietrich. In 2013, we accidentally launched the PESO model. And by accidentally, I mean, there was no forethought or strategic plan to what might happen when people read Spin Sucks and found the pretty little graphic we had created. It was the model we used internally at my agency. And at the time I wrote the book, we were still testing out what worked and what didn't, most often on us and sometimes on clients. The model itself was created because during the book editing phase, my publisher really pushed me on it. She said it needed a name. Once we had a name, we had to make sure it wasn't already used or copyrighted. And then we had to create a graphic to go along with it. So I hired a designer and had it beautifully created, and then we published the book. Fast forward to today, and let's just say it's everywhere by means both fair and foul. From where my team and I sit, the PESO model is a no-brainer, although we've constantly been refining and improving it over the years. But that doesn't mean it isn't always easy for people to implement. On this week's Spin Sucks podcast episode, we'll talk about the reasons communicators struggle with the PESO model and how to overcome those obstacles. Welcome back to the Spin Sucks podcast. I'm Ginny Dietrich. The PR environment that led to the PESO model has changed a lot too. Back in my day, okay, uh, just kidding. I'm not ancient yet, <laughs> but a lot has changed in just the last 10 years. Some of you will remember when we were glorified scrapbookers. We used to cut stories out of the newspapers and magazines and use glue sticks to paste them into clipbooks. But that's not the landscape we're looking at anymore, is it? Not even a little. Times have changed, and a new model has been developed by clever people to help communicators of all kinds. Sometimes using the PESO model can be a struggle for communicators, especially because it's different from what they've used in the past, and it's different from what executives expect. Let's get started with what those struggles are, and then we'll talk about how to get over them so you can start implementing the PESO model with great success. There are four key reasons people struggle with the PESO model. Number one, experience and wisdom. Number two, being so excited about tactics. Number three, wishful thinking and untrue assumptions. And number four, lack of a big picture understanding. Those of us with many years of experience know that can't be replaced. We're wise and we have an expertise that only comes with experience. At the same time, we can get stuck in our ways. Not intentionally, because we often do know what works and what doesn't, so we stick with the what works part. But that also doesn't leave room to learn new skills, add new strategies, or figure out which tools we can add. Even as forward-thinking and willing to take risks as I am, I struggle with adding new things, especially when we're crazy busy. We had a client who will always be one of my favorites. He would come to his weekly call with me with a list of questions to ask, and we'd have these really high-level conversations about what was changing in the industry and how he might incorporate those things into his business. One day, probably eight or so years ago, he asked me what I thought about doing some things on Pinterest. I told him because he doesn't have a very visual business, I thought it was a waste of time. And well, he had a Cracker Jack intern who totally proved me wrong because their centers of influence, the people who influenced the decisions in school systems were teachers and they were all over Pinterest. 
and it ended up driving about 80% of their new leads. The point is, don't let experience and wisdom stop you from implementing the PESO model. And don't let a lack of those two things prevent you from suggesting ideas and moving things ahead, particularly when it comes to shared and owned media. What do you do if a colleague, boss, or client is stuck in the past and it's looking impossible to implement the PESO model because all they care about is follower accounts and media impressions? You have to hit them with the numbers. While they may ask for media impressions, and you probably do have to provide them, much to my dismay, you can also show them what types of data and metrics work when you do more than earned media. Look for case studies with similar companies or even your competition. What do they do? What can you see has worked from the outside? Hard data helps here. Did their page rank change? Are they showing up on the first page of Google results? Did they suddenly start getting tons of mentions or reviews or stories? If you're lucky, you'll find a published case study, but if you have to develop one, a little research will get you there. The best part of the PESO model in general is you can make decisions based on data. Communicators often ask me if they should be tracking web traffic and social media fans at all. Absolutely, you should. While they are vanity metrics and don't mean anything as they relate to real business goals, they will tell you if something's working or not. I'm a big fan of showing the quote unquote metrics an executive or client asks for and providing the ones you can deliver through the PESO model. You know, the things that actually amount to driving an organization's objectives. Another strategy is to start small. If you have a decision maker who's a little gun shy about adding a totally new strategy to the communications plan, start small. One project or one campaign so that you and they can understand it and figure out how it will affect the organization. The main concerns people tend to have is that something new will take too much time to learn and implement, won't be as effective as older strategies, or aren't as reliable. Sometimes they may even be right, and sometimes they'll have a crackerjack intern who proves them wrong. It's easier to get a yes for something small and low risk than to implement a massive campaign. Sooner or later, everyone has to come to grips with what actual audiences are using and how they're behaving. This leads me to the flip side of the problem of being stuck in the past, being so excited about every new thing that comes along. I get it. New things are exciting. And every new thing feels like a new chance to launch yourself to the top of the market, move faster and smarter than your competition, and make waves as an innovator. That's not going to happen. Not because the tactic isn't great and not because you don't implement it well, but because tactics are not strategies. And they certainly don't represent a good execution of the PESO model. I have a really good friend who just took a new job overseeing operations in a startup. He texted me the other day and said, hey, my boss wants to know if any PR bullshitters to create some press releases. He followed it up with, and he'll only pay per placement. Of course, he knew this was going to push my buttons and he wanted to see what I could say. But also, this happens all the time. In working with agency owners, I hear story after story after story like this. A prospect asks for a list of media contacts because the other agency they are talking to started with that while discussing their business goals. A prospect said that using PR to drive lead generation sets us, the PR industry, up for liabilities if we can't deliver. An RFP asks to provide the client with a weekly report correlating published results with impressions and earned media value. Another agency suggests that the client focus not on a PESO model approach, but on building their website SEO by working on the keywords in the website's footer. Yes, working on keywords in the footer. Ultimately, tactics are always just steps along the path to fulfilling the goals in your PESO model communications plan. When a lot of the work that we do can take a long time to see returns, a new tactic that promises fast results can be really compelling. The fix for this one is to allow some wiggle room in your PESO model program to experiment with different tactics. You know, 
like using Pinterest to build engagement with teachers. When you find something to get excited about, ask yourself which of the media types it will help you attain and add it to your strategy, complete with expectations, budget, timeframe, and a win-loss scenario you can evaluate after you've made the attempt. It's like when you're trying to eat a consistently healthy diet. You can still have the cake if you plan to have it when it's fun and makes sense and doesn't disrupt your other plans, like on your birthday once a year. Now let's talk about wishful thinking and untrue assumptions. I love to tell this story so you may have heard it before. A few years ago, I got a client from a very nice man who needed some PR. He'd just had a meeting with his buyer at Target who told him if they didn't sell out of his product by Christmas, they wouldn't be able to reorder in January. The trouble with his phone call and his panic was that he seemed to think if we got a story about him and his product in a massive media outlet such as the New York Times, he would sell out at Target and all of his troubles would be solved. And it was a week before Christmas. I felt bad for him and I could sense real anxiety on his part, but I also knew there was no way we could deliver that. It's hard. I wish we could do what lots of business leaders think we can do. I would be a lot richer if I could. So rich. Heck, we'd all be rich. <laughs> In just a minute, I'll be back with the other reasons you're not having any peso model luck. I'll be right back. There are two things I want you to know about. The first is the Fundamentals of Media Measurement course that we just launched with Muckrack. And the second is the PESO model certification. Both will help you evolve your career this year as you learn how to measure your work using the PESO model to get you there. The Fundamentals of Media Measurement course can teach you how to measure your earned media efforts, create a successful measurement strategy, and report on your success. It will take you about two hours, but it has quick bite-sized lessons you can take when convenient. It has actionable tips, step-by-step -step approaches, and examples from Jonna Burke, Christopher Penn, and me. Go to mrac.co slash spinsucks to learn more, get registered, and start your measurement journey today. That's mrac.co slash spinsucks. Please be sure to use that link because I get a gold star every time someone registers, and I love gold stars. And for those of you who need to evolve your career, learn how to integrate the work you do with marketing and amp up your measurement efforts, the PESO model certification is for you. Step up your game with an academically accredited PESO model certification from Spin Sucks and the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University. Learn more about that by going to spinsucks.com academy, or you can go to spinsucks.com and click on academy in the navigation. And now, back to the show. A couple of years ago, I spoke at a Vistage meeting, and one of the members told me he thought PR pros and SEO marketers were wizards. He said, it's all black magic as far as I'm concerned. Of course, that's not true. We're strategic planners, good communicators, and logical thinkers. Strategy, communication, and logic are not quick fixes, however. We're in PR for the long haul, and if you find yourself in the position of having to correct some really wild assumptions, the best way to do that is to use the PESO model itself and tie it to specific short-term goals that lead eventually to long-term outcomes. If you can demonstrate to a client, colleague, or boss that you have a clear path to follow to achieve their goals, they're going to be a lot more likely to let you run with it. I recently had to have a tough conversation with a client who has a massive dream, but completely unrealistic expectations. I thought long and hard about how to approach it, and finally settled on showing her how, even if we reached the goal she had set for the year, what it would do for her business operationally and why she wasn't ready. We talked about how to get her there and what she'd need to do on her end. The annual unrealistic goals moved to very doable, but aggressive three-year plan. We could have gone back and told her we couldn't achieve those goals and move forward, 
that also probably would have eroded some trust and we would eventually parted ways. But now we're all in on helping her reach her three-year plan. And now the moment you've all been waiting for, the last struggle we can face when trying to implement the PESA model. Once upon a time, you had your corner of the world in one industry. You knew all of the important people, the influencers, the competitors, the journalists, and even the jerks. Now it's that plus every other industry and every person with a smartphone who is even tangentially interested in the topic. It's significantly different today than it was even five years ago, and highly specialized knowledge doesn't cut it anymore. We talk a lot about artificial intelligence and how it will change the work that we do and what it means both for our careers and for the industry. One of my favorite descriptions of what this will all look like comes from one Mr. Christopher S. Penn. He said, you should think about artificial intelligence as a symphony and you're the conductor. So you're conducting the symphony of robots, of artificial intelligence, but someone still needs to be there to do that. This means you have to know everything about the PESO model, how it works, and how to integrate all of the media types to create authority, credibility, reputation, and results. If you're going to be able to conduct your symphony of robots, you have to become a generalist in how it all works together. You won't actually do the work, which in some cases is music to our ears, but you'll have to know enough to be able to be strategic and smart and to make sure your robots are doing the job they're supposed to. If you don't yet have the skill set to be able to do that, or if you don't understand the big picture, now is the time to get there. The PESO model is well-suited for this industry shift, and you still have time to get yourself there. A couple of years ago, Eric Schwartzman wrote an article for SpinSucks about the lifespan of a brand as it compares to Maslow's hierarchy of needs and how the PESO model fits into it. I'll link to it in the show notes on SpinSucks, but the sneak peek is that you start with owned, add shared, grow into earned, and then add paid. This is a great way to think about how you'll add the skills you don't have. Figure out the big picture, what you need to achieve in the end, like our client who has massive goals and just needed to temper them a bit so she can actually achieve them. Gain the skills you're missing and be ready for the future. If you'd like Peso Model help and you're not already part of the SpinSucks community, you can find us at spinsucks.com slash spin hyphen sucks hyphen community. That's spinsucks.com slash spin hyphen sucks hyphen community. It's a community full of crazy smart professionals. It's free, it's fun, it's smart. And you might just learn a thing or two from your peers. I'll see you next week. If you're ready to change the face of PR, make sure you subscribe to the Spin Sucks podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and a review. 